This is the perfect time where reality is so slippery in so many different fucking ways, and our narrative is so disjointed, so fractured, that of course, it's the perfect time to tell people that UFOs are anomalous craft that we can't understand. But when we talk about individuals, there's such a social stigma against people believing that they've had these experiences. Jim Perry is the host of the podcast, Euphemet, a documentary series about the unknown and our relationship to it, where real people share their experiences with the paranormal. But Euphemet is not your typical paranormal show. It's less concerned with whether the supernatural is real and more concerned with how the allegedly unreal still affects us in a very real way. I actually used to work for Euphemet, traveling with Jim to meet up with these experiencers. Today, we'll share our own unexplainable stories, hear about Jim's time embedded with an abductee support group, and arrive at the same conclusion we always do. We can't know anything for sure. I am so excited to welcome one of my very goodest buddies and paranormal <laughs> extraordinaire, if there ever was one, Jim Perry of the Euphemet podcast. Hi, Jim. Hi, Chels. I'm glad you didn't call me an expert. I'm an extraordinaire. I love it. Jim is definitely someone that I owe basically everything in oh podcasting no to. Oh yeah, he's shaking no his way. head. Uh, we met. <laughs> we met. Uh, uh, working for the same company, and uh, Jim does still does the podcast Euphemet, which is a very um, emotional, I call it like an emotional look at the paranormal, where the question is not, is this real, but what purpose does this serve for the individual, yeah. which I think is very much what our episodes were also about. So mm -hmm. you have, I mean, Jim has... You've you've danced with all the paranormal devils yeah. <laughs> there are, I feel like. And uh, I want to start, Jim. Will you just tell us how did this happen to you? How did you get so interested <laughs> in the paranormal and, and specifically aliens um, that that you made this your your life's mission? Yeah. Well, you know, growing up, the the strange and the paranormal was never uh, weird to my family and the people that were around me. You know, I grew up around a, a, a mom, for example, who I would be sitting and watching TV and she'd get up and she'd go to the phone and pick it up and just start talking to my grandma. And and the same thing would happen on the other end. I'd be with my grandma and she'd get up and just pick up the phone and there was my mom on the other end. They They, they rarely ever had to wait for a ring to know one another was calling. So when you grow up around things like that and endless tales from your logger grandfather about his Sasquatch experiences, um, you just have a different spectrum of belief in what could be possible. You know, um, on the other side of my family, also my, my grandfather on my father's side was a, was a Pentecostal preacher. And so my family did not really, I don't want to say subject, but sure, let's go there. Like they didn't really subject me to those uh, those weird rituals of that religion, or 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 force me go to, go to Sunday school or church or anything. 
But when I did on occasion, you know, I'd see the kindly old woman next to me just morph into speaking in tongues and dancing and all this and just turning into a completely different person. And so, yeah, I had a <laughs> I had a pretty wide variety of experiences then, it seemingly, that uh, left me very open and curious about what all of this could be and that there was something more to our human experience, potentially. Um, so, you know, of course, it's that classic story of me going to the library and checking out a bunch of books on uh, Sasquatch and, and UFOs and everything else. And just kind of always, you know, what my place in all of this could be. You know, if I could be so bold to say I even had a place. Uh, I thought maybe I did as a kid. And one thing leads to another. And being a kind of a restless kid in the 90s, uh, you know, listening to Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell every single night uh, because I couldn't go to sleep because I was thinking about, you know, created stuff and having an overactive brain and imagination. So you know, fast forward to being an adult, being at an ad agency that um, was paying great money and was definitely a good career for some individuals and uh, being extremely burnt out and questioning why I was spending my sort of my creative resources on selling shit for other people that people really don't need. Um, I started to do the podcast and I started just talking to people. I started doing interviews of uh, people that had different like sort of uh, topics of interest and I would talk to um, wizards and magicians and mystics, alien experiencers and people who have seen ghosts. And I really didn't stop myself from just leaning into my curiosity and seeing where that would lead. Where it led was me standing in an elevator with you in 2018 going like, I can't believe someone or someone's paying us money to be here right now to like tell stories and stuff. Like what is happening? This is so crazy being in a very like ominous location. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, kind of long story, not short. That's, that's how it kind of all started with me. You know, and we share, and we talked about this in the alien episode that people who are, have experiences with abduction often their parents have had them and if you have it's like it kind of is in families which of course is like you could explain by that very thing if you wanted to if yeah. you wanted to go there instead of just making it really <laughs> rad and that we all have some sort of hereditary abductions but um i yeah. also grew up the same thing with you know very fantastical thinking in terms of ghosts especially um, everyone in my family believes in ghosts, has, has ghost experiences. I was just telling Jim about how fucking haunted <laughs> my house is right now. And, uh, you know, I had ghost experiences all through high school, all through even my childhood. It just like and, you know, looking for UFOs. It was just never out of the. In fact, it wasn't even it wasn't even a question that the paranormal is very much <laughs> real. And uh, so it was almost like I didn't think to question that, like, of course, all of these magical things. Like, there's not, there's no skepticism right. yeah. in my, either side of my family, on my dad's or mom's yeah. side of family. It's like, we're just, we just love it. I mean, my granny has a lot of ghost experiences and she's probably the most skeptical in that she's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, you know, and she just has the wildest experiences at her house. And so... Yeah, we both come from come from paranormal stock, yeah. I think. <laughs> so if you were going to tell me, like, what is the 
what is the experience you've had while making Euphemet or in your life that is the most uh, indicative to you that you have experienced something, especially if it's alien, that would be great, but something that you still to this day can't explain? Like, yeah. What's the biggest hit? Mm-hmm. What's the banger? Yeah. Okay. Um, so before I quit my job at the ad agency... And when I just started Euphemet as a podcast, I decided to get together with my brother and my uncle and a friend and go to this place called East Eddy Ranch. East Eddy Ranch is in eastern Washington state, right off the Columbia River Gorge. It's, uh, you know, at the foothills of Mount Adams, which is this beautiful volcano. We went there because uh, allegedly this is a place where you go to experience UFOs. It's a place where you go and experience Sasquatch. And it's owned by kind of this weird UFO guru. At that time, he wasn't an extremist for conservatism and anti-vaccination, which today he is. (laughs) At that time, he wasn't. He was just calling UFOs into existence. So I say that because I watched it with my own eyes. So we go there and we try to like mellow ourselves out. We go like, let's go. Let's have fun. You camp there, right? And you camp in this thing called the Field of Dreams. The Field of Dreams is this huge field. And you're overlooking Mount Adams. And Man- Adam- Mount Adams is looking at you. And it's beautiful and it's pristine. And it's a s- summer night. And we say, okay, we're not going to set our expectations on seeing anything out of this world. We're just going to be happy with that we're here. But let's also like just try to approach everything with an open mind. You know, At this point in time, you know, I'd be lying if I'd say that uh, I, I didn't feel a little uh, frayed and on the edge of something because I had just like gotten over like a, a horrible panic attack at work and I was like trying to consider my future and had this new podcast and I was going to do some taping out there. And so it was all very new. It all felt like a different, a different thing. And, and, and I'd be lying if I wasn't saying, if I wasn't feeling like I was looking for something like maybe not confirmation exactly, but, um, a nod. And so we're sitting there the first night, the UFO guru comes out and he's looking up in the sky and he's, he's surrounded by like some UFO groupies and just some other individuals that are there for the same thing. And they all want to like cut his ear off and everything else. And he kind of like is talking to some of them and he just kind of ignores them and he fades off for a minute and he looks up in the sky over towards where his cabin is. And he goes, yeah, so, uh, Maybe in about, uh, I don't know, a few seconds or so, uh, uh, a mothership should be flying right... And as he's saying this, this huge orange ball of light flies over his cabin, over our heads, and then towards the mountain. And he's like, oh, yeah, there there it is. There it goes. And we're like... Completely nonchalant. And we're like... Okay, so no no rules. Like, everything... Like, we had no expectations. We're... We've bought in. Because it's like, how, like, what the yeah. fuck was that? Damn. So we stay up all night and we're we're there just all night long. We're seeing like this crazy light activity in the sky. You would think for a minute, like, oh, is this a plane? Like it's on a flight route. No, that's a plane. That's a satellite. There was like GPS. There was technology out there to, to show you like what was a plane? What was a satellite? But you could tell by your eyes, like what's what. And we would see these lit objects, whatever they may be, just doing like sort of circle maneuvers flying overhead and then taking a sharp corner like just 
just changing direction like over and over again and then you start seeing these lights on the mountain itself and these lights they according to the experts there were also like the extraterrestrials but they were more elemental they were more grounded and so they were there and that inside of mount adams is like a is a base for extraterrestrials and ufos so that <laughs> paired with the imagery on the walls of like the the space where you check out check into the camping site which is like palladian portraits which is like a uh, uh, a Ooh, type of alien freaky. and like yeah the 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 bird people and the blue avians and the the tall whites and there's you know all these different alleged alien beings and these people that are working there have uh added this to their lore and their acceptance of what is real all of that is a lot to take in and you go like okay, what I'm seeing with these lights is unbelievable as it is. Like, what else is true? Like, what else can be true if we're seeing all this in front of our eyes and it's too good to believe? So you go to bed <sighs> thinking about that shit, right? And yeah, you're just like, oh my I would God. Say so. And then you wake up the next morning and you're just like beaming because you're like, what's going to happen today? We have no idea. Are we going to be yeah. abducted? Like, what is going on here? Like, this is unreal. And we were trying to rationalize and we were trying to think about ways that well, is, could these be drones or like, is it a government thing or is it, is, is there something, look up volcanoes. Like, is there some sort of geomagnetic thing that this could be? You know, you don't find anything because those, those aren't what it is. It's anomalous lights. So we spend another day there and the next day we're, we're ready to check out. And before we check out, you know, night's falling and we're like, let's just take a minute to uh, just separate. And, and I'm like, I'm going to go out in the field. And so I go out in the field and I, I, I sit down in this grass and uh, I'm like right below these weird um, metal shard crystal. This, this, this person creates these like kind of, they're supposed to be like sort of conductors for UFOs or, or energy. And they're set up in a triangle. And so I'm underneath this little tent area of that that bullshit and uh and i'm just like i'm gonna meditate and i haven't meditated and i haven't i haven't tried meditation since i was forced to in theater school like way back in the day and so i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna ground myself i'm gonna focus on my breathing i'm gonna do this breathing meditation that i learned in school i'm gonna like soft gaze on the mountain i'm just gonna take it all in i start breathing in breathing out breathing in breathing out and as darkness falls and I just see the silhouette of the mountain in front of me, I notice a light is starting to pop on the mountain and that every time I breathe out, that light grows in intensity. And every time I breathe in, that light shrinks. And I sit there and I'm breathing in and out of this light on the mountain for like 20 minutes in just like perfect synchronization. I feel like I had like a sort of an elevated spiritual moment. You know, I hear about people having like, and you can tell how unrehearsed and emotional this is for me. Cause I'm saying, and like, and like, and like, um, <laughs> not like a professional broadcaster, uh, because or like every professional podcast. Yeah, or every, exactly. <laughs> 
Because uh, there's a part of the story that just feels so personal that when I tell it, it feels uncomfortable and it feels as if I'm using this experience that was that felt sort of sacred um, in a way that maybe I'm not supposed to. Like it was a secret from the universe mm-hmm. and it was that wink that I was looking for and then I was supposed to just shut up and like just no just do it don't you don't have to share this but just do it but it was just a defining moment that I'll never forget and then of course like my uncle interrupts the meditation and like my redneck uncle and he's like hey man uh there's a giant spider over your head and there was the biggest spider I've ever seen in my life just hovering above Whoa. my head on this triangle thing like it like Ugh. yeah okay yeah that's that's weird too yeah so that would have i mean imagine that if it like dropped on my head as i was in that just like crawling down my face or something so you know it was yeah it was grounded again but those lights were happening all weekend long and i know for certain that many of them were hikers because that mountain features a, a very popular night hike for for hikers to to uh to engage in so i know a selection of those were hikers However, we saw, just like the lights in the sky, anomalous lights on that mountain that um, were unbelievable. You know, lights would drop down from the mountain's like sort of precipice and then speed over at a 90 degree angle, like out into the woods. So not a flashlight. Yeah. yeah, things like that would occur, which was like, yeah, I don't We'd be like, that's probably a hiker. And then it would just it would take off. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd yeah. be like, you're doing yeah. your best to okay. be a skeptic. Right. There yeah. it goes. Uh-huh. You know, doing our best to be skeptical um, took us only so far. And what I know now, I think, if I can say I know anything about the phenomenon in general, is that my belief that things like UFOs, like ghosts, like the most popular incarnations of the paranormal topics, uh, are conversation pieces between us and something else in our consciousness i think i think it's all tied to Mm -hmm. consciousness i think that Mm -hmm. we're still trying to figure out what that could be and it does not mean that something else anomalous or unknown is also going on there but if it is i think it's a conversation and i think that mostly usually requires participation in in some form or fashion so for me to open myself up like that night and just go, like, I'm ready for something to kind of happen. And I'm going to accept it. And I'm not going to judge. And I'm just going to see what happens without expectation. I think more often than not, you find people being able to have experiences similar to mine. And, you know, we hear about it from everything from, like, the ancient Sidhis, right? Like, the, the, the mystics of the world to the top, you know, psychic researchers at Stanford or something, there is a level of participatory involvement in this phenomenon, in particular anomalous lights and maybe even extraterrestrial contact um, that exists there. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with 
Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never frozen, ready to eat gourmet meals that are chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American and Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So, and not to make you get even more vulnerable, but um, when you're talking about your experience with the lights in your meditation, and you're also talking about there being kind of a conversation happening between consciousness, some yeah. conversation between us and some other part of us or something greater. Yeah. But regardless of what it is, when that was happening, what did you take away from that? Like, what was the message as best as you could put it into mm -hmm. words that you were getting, whether it were a message or just just what was the communication you were feeling? There was nothing direct but mm -hmm. it definitely inspired what Euphemet was going to become because based off of that experience, I was able to get a look at what others have possibly felt when experiencing the unknown. And with that is definitely excitement, right? Like this could be something pretty interesting or weird. But equal amount of guilt and shame surrounding these experiences that we, sh that popular, you know, science and culture tells us we shouldn't have or that we shouldn't embrace. Or if we do, we're fucking nuts or like whatever. So it allowed me to enter, I think, into a state when producing the documentary features for Euphemet of grace, of not quite acceptance, but a non-judgmentalness to the people that I was speaking with because I felt like I knew a little bit about at least how that quality of feeling is when you experience something you just can't explain and you can't rationalize it and that maybe just maybe it's a little bit more internal maybe maybe there is a level of subjectiveness to this but that's okay and uh yeah I, I think that's what I what I learned from that experience is just I was able to internalize those feelings and and I think it made me a more empathetic person. You know, I think that that's why American Hysteria has been such a weird departure for me because my whole life was very much 
one of openness, like to a fault, right? Like probably, <laughs> like I never did the skeptical thing. And now my life feels like about debunking and people call American right. Mysterio debunking podcast. And I despise <laughs> that because I, that would imply that I thought I knew literally anything yeah. about reality, right? right? And like, <laughs> I, I think that that's what's so, what I love about Euphemet and you and and the work that, that you do is just, it, it, it all comes from empathy and it does not matter whether it's real or not. And that is like, honestly, the least interesting question yeah. mm -hmm. almost to me is like, but what it, the expression is happening from a person's emotional life yeah. is it's like so important and the way that we discount it is really like nauseating almost to me because yeah. it's it feels similar to discounting like a trauma or something like that and we talked a lot about that in our alien abduction episodes and sort of like how alien abductions can be this um expression possibly again i don't know but like you know some people believe that there it is an expression of supernaturalizing um, the pain we feel that we don't understand and, and we need something to tell us this is why you hurt, mm -hmm. right? I know that you have sort of been embedded in uh, experiencer. I want to get that right because I didn't get it right on the show that experiencer is more of the correct term um, rather than abductee. But you have spoken with and embedded yourself in a culture that that is kind of doing what we're talking about right now uh addressing the abduction trauma and yeah. and creating a community around that and of course that to me sounds could, like it could be bad it could be good like i don't know and yeah. so i'm really i would love to hear what your perspective is on the community yeah yeah you gave me so many things that i don't want to talk about though <laughs> so i'll touch on we'll that get to them all. It, it's true because, like speaking on when you're talking about american hysteria potentially being a different um a different lens for you to interpret or look at certain subject material that may differ from what is more instinctually you internally because I know that about you because you even help produce and, and launch like what the new incarnation of like Euphemet is in terms of documentary and being out in the middle of the desert with you listening to Blink-182 talking about aliens <laughs> oh, among good. so many more other experiences. I know you as one of the most like sort of open and non-judgmental people that, that I know personally that's and that nice. open to what these things really could mean. So that's that's one um it's funny it american history is in contrast to that though sometimes which is really mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. i know because i know like both sides of that i'm like whoa yeah and then so yeah so i have spent time an experiencer support group and you didn't get it wrong by calling uh it the abductee phenomenon either or them abductees because okay. a lot of og abductees right like that they'll they still present with that name like that's still their name they're like, I'm not an experiencer, all right? Like, I've been abducted, okay? So you can call me that. Perfect. Experiencer really is a term that for all purposes was there to help them set up a safer space for a variety of different experiencers so that those people that had been abducted can break bread and meet with those that have like had an illuminated light sighting on a mountain that they can't explain or maybe have had, you know, a sighting a backyard or just saw 
what they thought was an alien or whatever it may be. There's these levels of encounters, you know, like you see like close encounter one, close encounter two, close encounter three. So you weren't wrong there. But yeah, that, that term really was devised for kind of the support group that, that I've been embedded with to help learn about what that culture is. Because um, I'm, very, I'm very fascinated about how the unknown and the mysterious permeates culture, how it changes culture, how it changes people's relationship to their place in society. And essentially, being an experiencer is still one of the most taboo things you could present as in the world. I mean, we can sit here and talk about ghost sightings and that will be more easily digestible for a huge amount of the world's population than us sitting here and going, oh my God, I think I was taken last night. There's still a community of people that are so fucking ostracized by others. Even in a world where we're talking about UAPs endlessly. Like every major news outlet is covering the Pentagon and the UAP and these secret programs. And fuck, I mean, they said that UFOs, like, they're real. Like, we shared those Tom articles. Tom DeLong is on the front <laughs> lines from our childhood, who sang the song Aliens Exist, that was very important, <laughs> is now like, well, I'm just, I just needed that aside because it's like, yes. what the yes oh man yeah like people just agree now like yep they're real okay like there's something strange we don't know what they are but they're real they're there we've got confirmation if not like some sort of like light disclosure on that kind of thing um i i feel like we live in post disclosure world right now i feel that this is the perfect time where reality is so slippery in so many different fucking ways. And our narrative is so disjointed, so fractured, that of course, this is the perfect time to tell people that UFOs are anomalous craft that we can't understand. Of course. So, so, so we can talk about those things, and they're still okay. But when we talk about individuals dealing with what they think are real experiences of them being forcibly or lured into abduction scenarios being taken away from their bed, either in physical form or within their consciousness being captured by something and taken away. You know, there's a lot of ideas about what sort of physiologically could be happening to people in these experiences. There's a lot of ideas about sleep paralysis, right? Or particularly per like, as you, as you expressed, potentially a way that they're handling trauma subconsciously. But at the end of the day, this should not be happening. But it is. And people don't understand it. No one understands it right now. And so I know you've been reading like John Mack and others, um, physicians, like really trying to do the work and figuring out what this possibly could be and not setting up boundaries that would imply that it's all little gray men. Yeah. But that maybe there's something else going on here. But something is going on here. And so that's where I land on it. Um, I see the pain in these people when they're presenting their stories. But I also see the extreme amount of joy that some of these individuals get by being a part of a collective or a community that are all expressing this confusion over these scenarios together. 
because they don't feel alone anymore. And that's one of the things that is ultimately so sad about this phenomenon is that there's such a social stigma against people thinking that they may have had these experiences or believing that they've had these experiences that, you know, they feel like lepers. They feel like they can't come out and talk to people about that, let alone enter into a space where they're just telling their family about these experiences a lot of times. No matter who you read, if you read like sort of the great ufologist in the world or the great psychologist, if you read Jung, uh, they're going to say that a good majority of these quite possibly could be some form of mental illness, right? If that's the case, these are people that are too scared to be chatted with or get treatment because they feel like what they're seeing is wrong and they're wrong for experiencing it. So you have people that like don't feel like they can get any help. And then you have the cases where potentially like completely unexplained phenomenon is going on. Only now, like maybe, maybe quantum science is starting to tell us, you know, some of the secrets about what could be happening as it's tied to multidimensionality or, you know, uh, some other messaging that we used to only get through heavy psychedelic use, right? <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> I do recall. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's, so so there's that whole angle, but but you know we we don't understand what it is, but we can't ignore these people anymore either, and we can't ostracize them because it's in in a world where we're we're trying to become more inclusive, trying to create um you know, a, a place as safe as possible for people to um, try to get help and express what their, I don't know, experiences in an authentic way. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a it's such a hard one, of course. It's like very complicated. So you have these experiencers and they this is something I would feel concern about when it comes to these groups is that feeling ostracized if you're entering into a group. This is my skeptic's hat that those stories then could become overblown or larger as memories do. That's just how memory works. Right. They just get it can change mm -hmm. as you uh, entertain it, maybe. And so do you find especially and I know this is like a giant question, but I think it's really important. And I think your insights are really important is like, now that we have the paranormal so deeply, deeply, unfortunately, connected now to conspiracy theories, as it always has been. But you know, I mean, right now, it's like this thing that is beloved to both you and I has so many new frightening elements in terms of how it informs other stories and i know i'm sure you're experiencing yeah. so much of that so how do you mm -hmm. stay invested yeah. in these parts of the paranormal that you find so much value in while still balancing that part of it i mean it yeah that that i i i it's a big question <laughs> yeah it's a huge question and it honestly I have to encounter that question every time I go to help someone share their story because we are talking about a precarious situation because you want to place value on the individual's experience. You don't want to become too objective about what that is, at least me, my place in it. I agree, yeah. You also don't want to proliferate sort of a dangerous strain of ideology 
And I think that's where it comes down for me. I think that when I find situations to help someone feel heard, I know that may help someone else feel more comfortable to start sharing what their story is or start at least thinking and contextualizing what their story may be and that their story is important. I do draw a line, though, when it's something that I feel could be harmful to not just the subject but other people and that you're in a slippery space with all this stuff because in a fragmented narrative of the culture we live in right now, right, where conspiracy, dangerous conspiracy is running wild. It's not the run-of-the-mill, like, what happened at Roswell conspiracy shit that we love. No, not just normal JFK. Uh, um, yeah, not just normal JFK. Now we got a son in there, and they're, they're coming He's back coming to life. Back and they're... Yeah. Oh, no, he was wow. never dead. Sorry. He right, he's never dead. Hiding. That's right, right. I'm sure there's aliens involved in that. I am oh, has to be. Oh, has to be. Has to be. Um, there's probably the ones that look like birds. Um, Ew, there's aliens that look like birds. I hate oh, that. Yeah. I'm so scared of aliens. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah, they're like big <laughs> blue birds, I think. Like Someone feathered? will have to chime in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone but I think they have like... 1-800. Someone, someone tell us <laughs> the truth here. But yeah, you you know what I'm like getting at. Like it's, it's case by case basis. I feel the same way about a group that comes together to share in a mistruth that could potentially continue harming those individuals that are not in a place where they maybe should even be exploring that because it's a fragment or a presentation of illness Mm -hmm. and that that becomes encouraged to a great degree if that's the case i think however individuals will find themselves in those places anyway but alone and i think there's less opportunity for there to be reach out yeah so they're just left there with the fucking alien and they're you know Ah, over their bed yeah (laughs) and i think there's less opportunity for there to be reach out and with the internet yeah and the internet honestly like is yeah. it better for a person to be sitting with a bunch of other people right. sharing vulnerabilities right. or being ostracized right. and reading more and more and more extremist literature yeah exactly and the thing about these groups too which is which is something that that i find really great about them is that they usually take you know these you know they will sometimes meet in the basement of a church drinking stale coffee right but they're usually out in the forest camping together, having a good oh, really? time. That's they nice. are I was picturing it as a support group. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. They're volunteering at the soup kitchen together. You know, they're engaged with each other's life. You know, this guy is teaching this guy's son guitar. You know, they are keeping online, you know, relationships going when someone else moves there's, you know, presence sent to them, you know? So it is tricky territory and it's what makes Uvamet so hard to produce sometimes. Oh my God, I can't imagine. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because there's a lot of leads that I'll follow and I'll go, I don't know how to fucking tell this story. And that's like not thinking, that's that's trying not to think too judgmentally about it, but, but I've certainly found myself in those places. Then I try to be empathetic and i try to like kind of take what i can from it 
and uh and and move on um with grace mm-hmm. yeah you know there's there's episodes still in the can sure that probably won't ever come out you know because <laughs> you right. get you get down that rabbit hole and you go like oh whoa this is something else i gotta like step away from this <laughs> well you know colin dickey have you read any of colin dickey's books no. i think you would love him yeah, he wrote in The Unidentified, which is one of the books we used, is the secret behind so many of the unidentified creatures, so many cults and adherents of fringe and stigmatized beliefs is a desire to be taken seriously one way or another. And I think that just mm. really speaks to what you're talking about, because, you know, there's the mental illness angle, of course, you could feels too easy to me, right? Because uh, a lot, generally speaking, this is not a pathology. This is an aberration, mm-hmm. right? That's what I read again and again. Mm-hmm. We're like, not just, you know, it was like Carl Sagan and John Mack. Like, it was like people who mm-hmm. are, I mean, I don't want to call John Mack a believer because I f- know he would find that offensive, but an entertainer is what I've been calling him. He entertains. Go, go ahead, Yeah, though. right, I know. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. But, or, you know, irregardless, um, <laughs> I think that that's, that, that's just... It's it's too easy. And yet it does still become kind of an all consuming part of your life because it is your connection to spirituality now. I mean, how could it not be? It's yeah. your connection to the other side. And it would make right. sense that you would find community, obviously, because you feel absolutely insane. You would feel totally nuts. And like mm-hmm. you said, ghosts are so different. I have I could talk about ghosts forever and people are just like, ooh, tell me about your ghost, you know, and that's so much <laughs> different than like. Because, of course, like, abductions are weird. Like, generally, feel like abductions are uh, what I, I feel that the best explanation is if we're going to do skeptics, sleep paralysis plus hypnotherapy plus whatever, developing this narrative, memory, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's just like it's a primordial soup is yeah. what I keep thinking of, like a primordial Freudian soup. Whatever this is, there are just the themes, the images. That's what's so interesting to me is like aliens are new like you can say ancient aliens there there are angels like there are many variations but aliens as we think of them as a 20th century american Mm -hmm. phenomenon completely different than anything else completely new a technological Mm -hmm. world is producing new monsters right and it's like i know you know this about technology and the relationship to the paranormal Mm -hmm. and how new technology inspires new visions Mm -hmm. and that's what is so interesting to me aside from the personal emotional level is what it is telling us about our fears and our anxieties and our hopes yeah. <laughs> too and our dreams if you think about john mack like his dream of a future beautiful utopia where we no longer are fucking mashing the planet into smithereens you know it's just <laughs> it's so much myth as well it's so much emotional connection understanding trauma and just as much it's giving people who are otherwise mythless something to help with anxieties around death or help with anxieties around pain and these different things and i that is what the paranormal has become for me is almost a key to understanding the time and the culture because you're looking at the visions of the culture i mean it seems so weird now it's like you're looking at people who are having visions doesn't mean that they're having visions that are objectively real but it means that they're having visions that hold value because how could they not right i mean if everything holds some kind of value then this to me just is so important and ghosts are the same way and i i'm so glad that people find 
these support groups in the woods. I didn't know they were in the woods. And what you just said was so sweet that they send each sure. other gifts. And of course, I'm thinking of a yeah. stale coffee room. And that's just like really different to me because that's the kind of community that people are lacking, I think, when they get sucked into really devastating extremist thinking is yeah. like lacking connection to other people. So on one hand, you have the potential to continue to overgrow this in a way that could be damaging. But on the other hand, you have the danger of cutting this person off from loving yeah. connection to other people, right. which is, as we know, I mean, case in point from any one, not to say that everyone who doesn't have those types of connections becomes a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but if you pop in enough, you know, uh, conditioning from their families or where they're from or whatever, then, you know, it, cutting somebody off from emotional resources is a bad idea it is not gonna end in your favor and so i think that's so nice i'm so i'm just happy that it exists and (laughs) and i'm going to reserve any uh larger judgment of it because it is not my business well we should we should go and visit them Chaus, I think that's oh my god like what is that's the next thing that's the next okay thing. okay so we talked a lot about the problems with hypno regression therapy for um creating memories and things like that right so we talked right. a lot about that so this isn't aliens but it has to do with past life regression therapy oh, have I told you this story no I don't think so okay so my stepmom is indigenous so she had a lot of past life experiences uh, and her mom was also did past life stuff. That's even another side of my paranormal world is is growing up with those types of stories. Right. Incredible stories. And um, in my seeking days, like this was my post hitchhiking days when I was traveling in my truck for nine months, uh, which was also a spiritual journey. It was before the great, what, what do we call it? The great skepticism, my, my great transition. <laughs> By myself, Sandpoint, Idaho, I roll in um, asking around to find somebody from my past that I did find, which was crazy. I was just like, do you know this person? And I ended up finding this person that I had been estranged from. So it was like already like kind of like a special experience. Um, Like someone I loved from my childhood, never thought I would see again, knew that they lived there, just showed up honestly like two see if I could just like find this woman and I did and I spent the night at her house for like three days it was fantastic so I'm already like in this synchronicity thing Mm -hmm. and they were like somebody saw that I was reading maybe like a a book about Sufism or some mystical text that I would have been reading as one is doing in Sandpoint Idaho Mm -hmm. they were like oh you need to go see Shaman Ziggy and I was like I do. That sounds like something I need to do because, like, whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go see Shaman Ziggy. Yeah. I'm alone. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Right. So they give me, like, you know, these directions to this co-op, this, like, intentional living community. And I drive my truck up there, like, through the grassy, like, rocky, whatever, in my two-wheel drive truck. <laughs> and I finally get up there, and Shaman Ziggy lives in a converted school bus. You know, this is like peak hippie, right? Like, yeah. he's got, like, a composting toilet built in. Beautiful home, I should say. But uh, I went up there, and he taught me how to do 
regression therapy, past life specifically. And he told me his whole Uh story, which was totally wild of his past lives and everything like that. Then he had me like lay down and start doing it. And then at this point, I'm like, "Mm," you know, like I'm ridiculous. Like I take, I not as much anymore, but my exuberancy led me to take risks that otherwise most people would be like, and at one point I was like, okay, like, Mm, like I don't really want to like close my eyes with like a random dude and yet uh, I still did because I am a codependent person and I was like (laughs) he was like I want to do this and he was never creepy I was like totally fine but he showed me how to do this and basically how to count backwards how to go down this dark stairway how to like visualize yourself regressing in age until Mm. you become an infant and then to like continue just like continue that visualization and so when I did it with him I didn't experience anything, Mm -hmm. right? Nothing. Because I wasn't going to. I was never going to relax enough to to do anything, right? I left Shaman Ziggy. I took this practice with me, and I kept trying to do it. Because I was really into meditation and really into that kind of stuff. And um, one day, I'm doing it. I picture myself walking down this stairway, right? And the whole thing is like, don't try to imagine like Mm -hmm. just let yourself imagine let your brain present images to you so like yes you're walking down the stairs but like don't define what stairs is right so like my brain gave me dirt stairs like it was like this weird Mm -hmm. like you're going down there's just like a weird cellar like almost like a root cellar or something going down and i walk in and i'm just like really there like if you get there and you're like a meditation person and you let yourself go there, like you start seeing shit, you mm. just see shit. And yeah. like, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I don't care what that is necessarily, but I got to that place. I got there. And, um, and it's a great place when you get there for relaxation too, but you get to like what David Lynch calls it. The unified field is mm. a, a, yeah, a, what right. I, I like that. Right. I do think it's a transcendental meditation thing, which is kind of a cult, which is like definitely <laughs> a cult. I do love David. Um, and so I'm, I see a figure in my mind's eye and it's a person crouched down, like kind of in a huddled position and he's covered with camouflage netting, like you would be in a war. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, okay, whoa, like what the fuck is this? Right? Like, I don't, cause that's the weird thing is you're like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. That's not a familiar right. image mm-hmm. that, that my brain, my brain would never conjure right. that. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. So then I'm like, okay. I'm still in it, and it's so hard to stay in it because mm. you're like you're excited. You like see something. It's like when you're trying to lucid dream, and you like that's like I never could lucid dream because anytime I got to that point, I'd just get too excited and wake yeah. up. Um, <laughs> but you have to like stay like there. You have to stay there. And so I'm like, okay, like he was wearing like dog ta- tags around his neck. So I was like, look at the dog tag. So oh, like, wow, it, it's crazy. Right. And instead of like me walking up to it, it was like almost like a video game where it was like, I almost clicked on it. Right. And it like Whoa. came into, in front of me and it just said Solomon or it said J Solomon was the name J Solomon. And I was like, okay. And then like, I finally came out of it. Woke, woke out of my trance. Okay. Now fucking listen to this shit. I typed oh, no. J Solomon into Google a name comes up, Solomon J. Solomon, who was an artist and invented camouflage netting. What? He invented <laughs> camouflage netting. <laughs> and that was like the what? main feature of my motherfucking oh my vision. God. And that right there, Holy I shit. do not know how to explain that. And oh I have never God. known 
is it that? And that's why I will never be able to. That's so strange because it's you can't even be like, yeah, well, you know, there was a period of time where I was really interested in World War One or whatever. And so I picked up some scrap, yeah. right? Some like, right. and it just laid in my dormant. Right. And of course, like that's the most likely thing, I guess. That that's happened. it, though. We don't. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. know. That's it. I don't there like. I, what am I going to say now? Yeah, there it is. This is a thing. I don't know if this wasn't just some kind of weird fluke or whatever. It's like maybe, maybe I can see that there is a a collective consciousness in the Jungian sense, yeah. and my my brain or my even my fucking DNA. Just I don't know, but there's like some information that I that was not my information yeah. that I was able to just just get like a. A little unreal. I snatched a yeah. piece of it. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. But regardless, I just don't. Yeah. Again, I don't think the interesting question is whether it's real, but more like what what does this mean about me, yeah. and what does it mean yep. about about consciousness? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim. Well, mm-hmm. now that I've I've given you my uh, my deepest truth, <laughs> my deepest <laughs> spiritual paranormal truth, I just uh, we're gonna close out the show now, and I just wanted to know if you've got your like, what are your Jerry Springer final thoughts? Here? Yeah, like, I mean, did you get my reference just now? My yeah, Jerry sure Springer did. final thoughts. I sure All did. Right, I was, you just didn't. I didn't I, feel like I I deserved a chuckle I there, would. but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> I I I was trying to um. I was trying to think of an impression of him. Okay, of okay, him. that's fine. Then. Because I'm almost positive that there's probably been an abductee Springer. Oh yeah, where he's he's oh, definitely yeah. had final thoughts on it. I was like, what was that? What did he say? And Can honestly, I his final that? thoughts are fucking fire a lot of the time. But anyway, yeah. Uh, listen, I think these experiences are light craft in their own. They take us to places and regions in ourself that we can't quite explain, but it's definitely a journey. It's definitely a process to get from point A to point B and maybe never quite know where point C is. And I think, you know, this phenomenon allows us to see that process at work in other people and it, it tests our ability to continue to be empathetic and open to the possibilities of the universe and consciousness and everything else that we fucking don't know and we can't explain. And so it's a good reminder that we don't know everything. And it's a good reminder that we need to continue to be humble and open and respectful of those around us that have a different sense or space of reality. Yeah, I think humility is is what I took the most from making these episodes about alien abduction was like, we don't know, and nobody knows. It doesn't matter if you're Carl Sagan or Bud Hopkins yeah. or, you know, just nobody knows. And that's the beautiful thing about people like Carl Sagan, that, like, no matter how much debunking he did, it was still in service of the great unknown and, the, like, yeah. the great mystery and honoring that great mystery while still being able to chip away at. And I think that's what I would like to do, is I would like to chip away at everything until... I get a good continue to break away all of the the falsities or all of the things that can be explained by the scientific method or whatever, not because I want it all to go away, but because I want to find out what's left. Right. I mean, if you ever decide to do an episode about chipping away those elements of especially the paranormal, 
you will find countless stories of others that have attempted to do that, and they just go mad because seemingly this phenomenon continues to add new layers as you chip them away. It almost as if like a fucking game to invite you to continue going down the rabbit hole endlessly. So you'll get that sense, and uh, perfect. That'll be a great. That's what I'm looking for. It'll be a great episode. <laughs> I'll just go mad. Yes. I'm getting there. That's what everybody's waiting there. for anyway with these things. That's, what, that's actually why people have stuck around, because yeah. they can sense it coming. Right. Like a celebrity <laughs> breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> just call me Aaron Carter. <laughs> well, Jim, thank you. Always, I mean, God, I, I thank you so much for you. Keep me sane. You keep me, uh, you keep me humble and you keep me wondering. Thanks, friend. And that's uh, an important friendship. Same back at you. All those things. Thanks so much for everything. This was American Hysteria. Make sure you listen to Euphomet. That's E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T. Wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about the work that Jim and I used to do together, listen to our previous episode called Looking for an Alien Vortex with Euphomet. If you want even more of the paranormal, you can get it next week when we drop the newest episode of Hysteria Home Companion on Patreon, our new talk show that shares the hottest gossip from the cutting room floor. This time, we'll be looking at celebrity alien abductions. And if you want more paranormal right now, join at the $5 level to access Walk With Me, a podcast where I take walks in different locations and irresponsibly tell you all my secrets. This time, my long personal history with the paranormal. Just head to patreon.com slash American Hysteria. And a huge thank you to all our patrons, old and new. You really keep our show alive and we are so, so grateful. Also, if you're into our new logo, we have dwindling merch available at AmericanHysteria.com. If you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media at AmerHysteria on Twitter and at AmericanHysteria Podcast on Instagram. This episode has sound design by Clear Camo Studios and was produced by Miranda Zickler. And I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith. Pleasant dreams.